You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. Thank you, Pastor Ted, and thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity of um, of coming before you and bringing God's Word today. And, you know, thank you for coming today as part of the church. You're very, very welcome here always, always. And even thank you to my kids. I didn't tell you why I was preaching, so therefore you're here. Yay! (laughs) That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, I'm happy about that. You know, how many of you know that, that God wants to bless you? Yeah? He wants to shower his blessings upon you because you are, we are, the body of Christ. We are the people of God. We are his church. Hallelujah. And God loves to do that sort of thing. And I want to talk about the blessings this morning that God has for his church, for all of us. And I'm going to be going to Ephesians 1. But I'm also going to be talking to you a little bit about and exposing my heart to you today. Just a little bit. Is that okay with you? You want to do that? Okay, it's fine. You know, you can look down, you can make notes, you can do whatever you like um, with that. I just want to tell you some things that that perhaps um, God showed me a couple of times through my life with regard to our topic today. And so, you know, it was it was 40 years ago, just after um, Jeff and I were, were saved, born again, when I had a, an occasion to be at the back of the church where we were, and I was standing there, and all of a sudden, I, I have to say I saw, but it was like a vision that I saw. I, I saw this presence coming towards me, and he was coming pretty fast. He was purposeful in coming. And what he did was, I just watched this presence come towards me, and he came, and he came inside of me, and then turned around and faced the front. And I just sort of jerked a bit because I thought, wow, what was that? And I just knew inside of me that that was God. That was the Holy Spirit inside me. Now I'm going to fast forward to just a few months ago now. And I was sitting having a conversation with Eleanor over here. And Eleanor was sharing with me a revelation that she had of God and how, if I can just share that, Eleanor, just briefly... Um, just that, you know, that she should not and we should not attack ourselves or speak anything um, bad against ourselves because God is there. We are in God and he is in us. Amen? And I want to show you a little diagram of what that looks like because um, my stu- any students that I've had in the past... Hey, hun, can you...? You're not hun. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> like that one. So there. Did you get that? <laughs> you don't have to leave. It's okay. <clears throat> so um, this, is, this is fast forward this time. And when, when the Lord said that to Eleanor about, you know, he is there. He is the one who is, you know, that we are in. And he is in us. And this is the diagram that I I use to describe that. And if you can see, and I'm really good at drawing. Okay. Better give myself arms. Right. So a little bit of hair. 
I know, I'm supposed to be small in that particular instance. Yeah, you, just wait, you'll see what I mean. You having trouble seeing that? That's good, because that's because I'm... You'll find out in a minute, because you're going to go there with me, okay? So I'm going to just draw a few more of you there. And so wonderful. Aren't I good? I actually... I actually decided before I was born to give all of my drawing skills to my sister Barbara. <laughs> and I stood behind the door when they were given out, so I didn't get them. <clears throat> so there am I, and that's the rest of you, that's you. I haven't drawn all of you, by the way. Um, some of you don't know that well. So, um, but then God showed me that picture of, of me standing there. And then he said, that's you, oh, right? And he said, now watch. And then what he drew was, and this will never, ever encapsulate the total, incredible, omnipotent, wonderful God that we serve. And this goes on through infinity. And that is me in God and you in God. And, you know, God in us. God in us, God in us there. I used to sometimes try and work out how on earth can God, who cannot be contained to space, who cannot be contained to a, a little tiny image or anything like that, how can that God be in me? And of course we know, yes, it's spiritual, and we're talking spiritually, but I didn't quite get how God could be in me and me in him properly until God actually showed me this very, very simple drawing because of, I am simple in my belief and I am simple in my understanding and I need pictures that help me along the way. And when he did this, he said, here am I standing and you are in me. Hallelujah. And when he walks... I walk. And when he goes this way, I go that way. And when he goes that way, I go that way. And if he turns around, I go that way. And he said to me, that's walking in the spirit. When you're so aware of my presence around you, church, that I go with you everywhere you go. So do not doubt the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, do not doubt the fact of how you can walk in the spirit of God and follow after him because he is right there every single moment. Ben, can you just leap across and just move that for me? Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Hallelujah. Do you like that picture? Maybe it'll help you a little bit. I hope it does. You know, um, I know that, that God is not this little spirit. He's not a little spirit at all. Um, I am contained in him. He is not contained in me. I do not limit him, right? And I cannot also be limited when he is with me and I am in him. It means that anything that God wants me to do, I can walk there. And it's of the spirit. And it's of the kingdom. You know, sometimes you've probably thought, oh, I can't do anything. Probably not, but God can do it in you. Amen? 
And this is for the church. This is for the body. You know, we are called the body of Christ and he is the head. Yes? Yeah? And so here is this body and we are all, that's not just here at Church One, but everywhere where believers gather together, that is the picture. Amen? He's always going to be this huge omnipotent, which means all-powerful, and omnipresent, which means present everywhere. He's always going to be this God, yet he is in me and we are in him. And we need to see ourselves there, don't we, more and more. Lift your hand if you think you need to see more clearly in the spirit where God is and what he's doing in you. It's me, definitely. Amen. And you know, anything that comes against us has to go through God first. Hallelujah. I love that. Because I know God is there to bring me a life of power and blessing as part of his body. Not just on my own. I'm not an individual. Although I have individual individuality about me. But without you, I miss out on something. You know, when you're not here, there's like a piece of the puzzle is missing. And you are missed. Right now I'm thinking of a couple of people that are missing and I'm sad because they're my sisters and brothers and I love them and I love you guys as well. Praise God. So I want to read from my text today, Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, if you have your Bibles with you now. And this is where um, Paul speaks about, um, to his body, God gives spiritual blessings. You know, on our journey through life as his children, we're given these spiritual blessings and Paul outlines some of the most important ones in this passage of Scripture. And it starts by saying, Praise be to the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Did you get that? Where are you blessed? In the heavenly realms, in the courts of God Almighty. Amen. You know, that is a secure place. We are subject to our emotions, yeah? We're subject to our mind. We are subject to so many things that want to um, just stop us from entering fully into the presence of God and enter into his blessings that he has for us as his body. But when you understand that in heaven already, those blessings have been made secure for us, and so what are they? And how, Lord, do we walk more surely in them? And so this is the spiritual blessing that he talks about. And he says in verse 4, For he chose us in him. We are chosen. You know, um, some of you may have adopted children. I haven't adopted children. Jeff and I went through a period when we were looking at adopting another child. Not that we weren't satisfied with our first two. It's just that we would have liked more. Um, just said that for my kids. <laughs> um, so he chose us in him before the creation of the world. You know, that means before the world happened, before the garden happened, before Moses happened, before Ezekiel happened, before the Old Testament ended, before Jesus was crucified, before you and I were ever a twinkle in our father's eye. Yeah. God chose us. But he didn't just choose. He also knew us. Yeah? Is that hard to imagine? 
Because you think of yourself as I do, and that's the, the me here, and my personality, which is quirky from time to time, which is strange and weird, isn't it, darling? Yep, very quick to answer that one. Okay, so, you know, I think about that, but what does God think about? What did God think about way back then before creation? How did he see me? How did he see you? Way back before creation, hard to grab this finite mind around something which is infinite, isn't it? And we think to ourselves, Lord, do I absolutely reflect here what you saw then, what you knew then? Am I reflecting that? Or am I reflecting some of the things that have been passed to me by others, been passed on to me by life? Lord, how do I begin now to even meet that, what you saw in me back then? How do I get there, Lord? How do I ever? And, you know, God says to you, just trust in me, believe in me, because what I began, I will complete. Amen? You walk in me, just walk in me. So, by a divine act of election, and he chose us. <clears throat> the scripture says, for a purpose. And the purpose was that if you're reading, it says to be blameless in his sight, in love. To be blameless of what? Of sin. And holy. And holy. Wow. <laughs> Are you holy? Yeah? I, I don't think I'm holy. Not like him. Yeah? But because we're in God, because God is in us, there is holiness there. And there is potential for us to walk in that holiness. Amen? Here's another blessing that God has given to us. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ and in accordance with his pleasure and his will. He willfully and with great pleasure predestined us, preordained, appointed, prearranged for us to be adopted, brought into his family with all its benefits. So why were we out of his family? And how did he know we needed to be adopted into his family? Okay, a quick drawing. Let me be quick, I promise. Eternity has no beginning, has no end, correct? Yep. So very hard to draw. So I'm just going to draw a line. It's going to go right through up here. A little line up there. So eternity past, eternity future, but then I'm asserting time to it. But it has no beginning and it has no end. Okay. That's God's perspective on us, isn't it? He looks from eternity. He sees time from eternity. He sees this world from eternity. He sees this church from eternity, doesn't he? How can he do that? Because time is like just there. Let's just say it's just there. And it's like it's in, I've used this expression before, it's in brackets or in parentheses in eternity. And so right in the middle of that, Tiny little print prick, you thought I did small before. Okay, there's you, there's me, there's my kids, there's your kids, there's your grandchildren that you haven't even had yet. 
there's Moses, there's all the people in time that God can see and God can know. And so he knows the choices along the way that we will make. And he sees our pathway and he leads us and directs us in his own ways. How do you feel? How big is an ant? How big is an ant? God sees the ants. God sees the birds smaller than what we are. And yet in that, our holy, enormous, incredible, amazing, wonderful God sees us and with great pleasure predestined us to be adopted into his family with all its benefits. Yeah? If you're the first son, you usually get some benefits. At least that was always the old way. So with great pleasure he did that. And so we were made members of his family where Christ is first. He's our older brother, correct? Part of the family. And we are all Christ's siblings, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The family is here, guys. This is part of our family. It's all like, it's like we're on a bus together. Yeah? It's like we're on a journey. This great journey that we're on and we're on this journey together. And for some of us, you know, for some of you, you've been like me. You've been on other buses. You've been in other churches. And God leads us in various ways. And you find that you, have, you meet more people from your family. And then you meet other people around here, all from the family of God. All those ones that he has chosen and appointed. Now, Paul isn't speaking universally here. He did not... And he could not preordain all men and women and children to be saved because he has given us that divine uh, order of um, self-will where we can choose. Yeah. And so he's not talking about that there. Romans 8.29, Paul says, On the same matter, for those he foreknew, he also predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. Wow, that's why. That's why he foreordained us to be conformed to the, his image because we're now part of his seed. We're his seed. But did you hear the word foreknew? How did God do that? How did he foreknow us? From his perspective on eternity. Seeing our beginning from our end. Amen. Chewing hard on the meat today, guys. <laughs> Praise God. You know, this shows us that um, in his foreknowledge, from the perspective of eternity, remember he's omniscient, all-knowing, that we would choose him as saviour and lord. And so then he saw us as his children in his likeness, as his seed. We all carry seed. God, that's how God's made us. Creation carries seed. And that seed in God is blessed to multi-generations. Hallelujah. Your children are blessed in you. Your children are covered in you. Hallelujah. You know, it goes on in verse 6 and 7 and 8 here. To the praise, this is another spiritual blessing, to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one Jesus he loves. In him, Jesus, we have redemption or salvation through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. That's freedom from the power of sin. 
How many times when you have, or maybe it's just me, you find that you're constantly doing something that you know is not something that you should be doing? Yeah? And yet you fall back into that constantly. And you think, why God? Why am I continually doing that? Why haven't I got over that? How many times have I given that to you? And then taken it back again. And then found myself in the same situation. How does that happen, Lord? How can I walk freely from that? Well, God's already given us the freedom that we need. He's already done that in Christ. We just need to walk in it. And it's called self-control, guys. Yeah? It is a gift of the Spirit, but it's self-control. And it's one we all... It's probably that, that fruit of the Spirit that most of us struggle with. Yeah? Okay. And here's this other spiritual blessing. He made known to us in verse 9 the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. You know, <laughs> it's a funny thing that, you know, this mystery of his will. In the Old Testament, people in those days actually, um, they didn't understand that it, this mystery would be that there is unity of one body of believers from both Jew and Gentile and that's a major theme in Ephesians. That's something that is important to God, that God would reveal to, to mankind that mystery. And so his plan is to create a church, a gathering of people composed of sons and daughters. And his purpose there in that is to reunite his divided universe. Jew and Gentile reunited at the cross forever. And it speaks further of us as being a united body. Amen? A united body together because we belong to him. Um, you know, there's a last blessing here that, that I absolutely love and I'm sure you do and it speaks to me of this once again. And that it, it, it says in verse um, 13, and you were also included... In Christ, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You know, have you ever seen those candle wax seals that people put on maybe diplomas or, or that sort of thing? We are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. And it's like God says, there it is, it's done. There's my Holy Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, when you carry my Spirit, the presence of Almighty God, when you carry that and you walk in it continually, people will see me because I have marked you with my seal. They will see me, God says, not you. We don't want people to see us. We want people to see Jesus. Amen? Because we have nothing in us apart from him to draw people to him. If it wasn't for him, we're just flesh and blood. Have a look at your hands. What can they do on their own? Nothing. Have a look at the rest of you. What can they do? Apart from physical properties, physical gifts that you have got. Spiritually, what can you do without Christ? You can't do anything. Neither can I. We can't do that. So as this body of Christ, we can choose to walk in this fullness of these spiritual 
blessings that God has poured upon us individually and corporately as his body, the church. And we're on this journey, not as one per person, not as individuals, but as a people of God. I want to tell you a story of where Jeff and I were a couple of weeks ago. We, um, we usually travel with Jeff's older brother, whoops, younger, sorry, <laughs> Jeff's younger brother, Phil, and his lovely wife, Sue. And we call them our travel buddies because we travel so well together. Uh, Phil and Jeff are very, very much alike. Not, not necessarily to look at, but in, in the way they do things. And Sue and I are pretty much alike as well. And she's actually an Anglican priest, which is a bit, you know, interesting as well. But we go away with them whenever we can. And so we went up to Harvey Bay. And one of the things that they wanted to do is they'd never done before. They'd never been to Fraser Island. Who's been to Fraser Island? Quite a few of you. Well, you might see in my visual description some interesting little things here. Because um, <laughs> the Lord showed me some parallels during our, our journey, during our trip in this bus, in this four-wheel drive bus, and uh, what we went through. Now, I, I've got to say up front that, you know, I wasn't thinking about, Lord, show me something through this. I was just enjoying and enduring <laughs> a full day on Fraser Island. You notice I said in enjoying and enduring. So, you know, it had its moments. And maybe that's got something to do with my age as well. So, um, it was when the trip was over and we were home that God showed me something. And that was that there are, in church life, in the body observers and participants, okay? And I went, wow, okay. And he woke me up with this and he showed me all these pictures that I had seen but I hadn't understood. I said to him, why didn't I understand? Why didn't I even think about that while we're driving? He said, I wanted you to feel what you're going to feel. I want you to think about what you thought about. I wanted you to act the way that you would in the flesh so that I would be able to use this. And so, you know what? Come on my bus for a few minutes. Share the blessings of our journey that I didn't realise that I had until a few days later. It wasn't cheap. <laughs> there was a cost. In fact, when Jeff and I found out the cost for this full day's trip, we, went, we looked at each other and we went... And we thought, oh my goodness, can, can we do this? Can we afford this? We've got to get some more money out. What, what on earth, how are we going to do this? And, and yet Phil and Sue were standing there and, and we couldn't let them down because they were part of, our, part of our bus trip. And they were the ones that we were close to. And we knew that they hadn't been there and so we felt that we had to. So we did. Okay? And then we forgot about it, which was a good thing to do. There were 28 of us plus the driver. This was a four-wheel drive bus. And uh, you know what? There'd been no rain for a long time and it was very dry, and the sand was incredibly soft. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, we were sort of like, like this on the bus, backwards and forwards, sideways, and frontwards, and doing run-ups to get over these, you know, almost sand dunes in the middle of the track. And, you know, it was interesting because there were, um, we went up high, on parts where we could see over the cliff and I was sitting near the window and, and Jeff's leaning over next to me and saying, isn't it steep down there? And I said, yeah, thanks for reminding me. 
because knowing, you know, that, oh my goodness, I'm so close to this dropover right now. Have you ever been close to a dropover in Christ? Where you didn't really know, you, you, for some moment in your heart you felt, oh my goodness, is God really here? Is he going to protect me? Did you ever feel that way? You know, did you ever have one of your fellow brothers or sisters cheer you up by telling you the reality of the whole thing like my husband did on that occasion? Have you ever done that? You know, have you ever been with a group of different nationalities? We had many different nationalities in that group of 28 because everyone wants to come to Fraser Island. And we had different languages being spoken. I love the French language. In fact, I, I kid myself that I can actually remember and be able to speak a few sentences in, in French. And so this couple and, their, and her mum and their little girl were there speaking French. And my ear was always in tuned over there to see if I could pick up any words. Not that I was being nosy. I was just like the language. And there were different age groups. There was young people with fire in their bellies and really this is a fantastic trip. And there were, there were middle-aged people and there were people with families and people without families, all making up this group of 28, reminding me of the church. All different ages, all different nationalities, all different personalities, all different types, different, different times of your walking through your journey with God. Everyone's like that. It, it, it's like eating... Um, you're eating jubes. All the jubes are different colours, aren't they? Or licorice, all sorts. Everyone's different. But together, we're the body. Different age groups, different expectations of people as we're on that journey. Different expectations. Who's sitting beside you? Do you know them well? We didn't know anyone else on that bus. We only knew us and Phil and Sue. You know, we got off the bus. We got off the bus at beautiful Lake Mackenzie. Yeah? A little stiff. Some of the older people were walking like this until we sort of stretched a little bit. Do you hear that? Old people in the wee. <laughs> we were a little bit because we'd been bounced around like crazy. So we got off down to beautiful Lake Mackenzie and, oh, what we knew about it. It had been donkey's years since Jeff and I had been there. And honestly, white sands, blue, clear water. No wind, because we had a lot of wind, but no wind. Here's some choices to swim or not swim. To go and have to put your swimmers on, to get wet, and then to have to go and towel off and put, them, put your clothes back on with no talcum powder. That's terrible. How do you survive? Okay, so those choices were there. Do you swim with Christ? Do you swim in the river? Do you take the inconvenience and do you do it? Do you just step out of your comfort zone? You know, do you walk down to that river and just step in and to swim and to thoroughly enjoy that? Do you actually do that? You know, some sat on the beach. Some went in the water. One big group in front of us. I, I just love this. The guys stood in front of them. Obviously, their bus driver. Maybe their pastor. He stood in front of them with a camera. It was probably about 15 or 20, I'd say, from 18 through to early 20s. And he said, now I'm going to run backwards and I'm going to hold my camera and you guys are going to run towards me and then we're going to pile into the water. Now the water was cold, okay? That's one reason not to go in too. You get that? What's wrong with the water? Is it cold? Are there sharks? What's happening? 
So on account of one, two, three, they ran and he ran backwards. And they ran screaming and laughing and all piled into the water with a great big splash and they had a good time. That's what happens at young adults. Yeah? Because the age is so like, has so much freedom about it and they bring that into the church. It's something they do because they're enjoying themselves and they love life. Hallelujah. And they're not creaky. They're not creaky. We got, you know, God likes fun. God invented fun. He likes his kids to enjoy life. We stopped at Central Station after getting back on that lovely bus and bumping around again. And there was a track to walk with a high incline at the end to get back where the bus was. Most walked it. Some people sat on the bus because they felt they couldn't do it. Guess who sat on the bus? Me. Had a bad hip lately. Had some pain lately. They were my excuses. Why do we sit on the bus in Christ? Why don't we get off our blessed assurance? And why don't we actually get off and do some of the things that might inconvenience us, that might mean that we've got to stretch ourselves and do something a little bit different? And even if Jeff went on it, even if I just said, Jeff will help me up the incline, but I didn't, okay? I stayed on the bus. Shocking thing to do. And then we got back on the bus and we headed towards the beach itself, 37 kilometres designated highway in Australia. A new experience for many people, especially people from overseas, there was um, white sands, the closeness of the water, the tide coming in and the bus leaving the sands because the rocks were there and the could, bus couldn't get over those particular rocks so he had to leave the beach and go up and around, that's the bus, until we came back out on the other side of the rocks. Detours that happen in your life from time to time. Things that you think, I'm, st I'm heading in this straight path but all of a sudden God says go left and you go, hang on. Would I have to go? I'm safe here. Can't I go just, can't I just do this? And God says, no, I want you to go that way because there are rocks that are going to harm you and I want you to get out of that way and around and head the way I'm showing you to do and you will come out on the other side because that's what we did. We came to the Mahini, which is the shipwreck. Yeah, most of you know about that. Rusted and buried, not a lot of it left. A symbol of life and dreams now dead. You know, sometimes people give up and they get off the bus. Yeah, just give up. It's too hard being a Christian. It's too hard to walk this walk. You know, and they're lost at the side. And no one has gone out and rescued them. And so they're a shattered shipwreck now. Just a memory. Just a memory. And that's a sad part of the Christian walk, isn't it? I find that very sad. You know what, we came across something that really blessed us. I'll, I'm coming to a conclusion, I promise. <clears throat> the driver said to us, we're going to see a plane up ahead and we're going to stop and the guy, the pilot's going to talk to you for a minute. So he did, he got on board and he said, I can take you up for $80 and I can give you a whole big journey around where you've been and, and everything like that. It'll only take 15 minutes. And anyone that wants to go, I've got this plane here and there's another one. How many people want to go? I saw the passion on one lady's face as soon as he began to speak. And, she, and I'm thinking, she's going. She's going to take this plane ride. 
Sometimes we see passion on people's face and we know that God's asked them something incredible to do and they've said yes. And there were seven people from our 28-seater bus who decided to pay the money, who decided to take the risk, who decided in one case to leave their family on the bus to actually go and and to look up from from the bird's perspective and to see what God had for them. Incredible things of God that you can see when God takes you soaring. Yeah? When God takes you soaring and the soaring comes from when we experience him, the revelation of him, and that makes us worship him more. That's when we soar. That's when we see those things. So seven people experienced that. One lady came back. And she was, it was bumpy. I went, okay, so is this. So is it where we are. But the others came back with joy and laughter and, and honestly just enjoying what they went through and telling people what they saw and how they'd never experienced that and how glad they were that they went and did that. Eli Creek is the last one I want to share very quickly. Uh, Eli Creek runs out onto the beach. Different people groups, different nationalities made up one community around this creek. Different buses, different vehicles parked around it in various forms of activity, enjoyable activities, sitting, laughing, drinking, talking, riding the creek in, in uh, tyre tubes from the top to the beach, walking the bridge, hiking to the very, very top of the hill. All these people, we had 10 minutes to be there. We had 10 minutes, they said, that comfort stops are at the top of the hill. And you have 10 minutes and then we're leaving. Oh my goodness, not long enough. Sometimes those experiences in God, they seem to be so short. But we need to pack everything into those experiences with the body. Amen? Together. So that we will have these, these wonderful memories of what's gone on. And we will enjoy and we'll come close to one another because we have experienced them together. Amen? Together. Hallelujah. Backing back on the bus again. The bus I never want to see again. (laughs) And the long, bumpy trip back to the barge, which we made just in time. We were the last ones on board. (laughs) Whole 28 of us were the last ones on board. And we were grateful to be off the bus. But, you know, even just making it, right? Just making it. When we're on this journey together, guys, there are a lot of people just going to make it. But, you know what, I encourage you. I have loved my last 40 years. Yeah? I have loved every, every single minute. No, probably not, to be truthful. But I have loved, generally speaking, my last 40 years. And the people that I've met on this bus journey that I'm on, yeah? And the memories that I've had from this bus journey and the ones that I remember and the ones that I won't, but that's okay. And and the people that have come and walk with me and the people that that have come and, and helped me along. Will you? Will you do that? You know, um... <clears throat> I, I got asked me first thing this morning to share, share this. I didn't think of these things on the bus, about these observers and, and these participants. 
But I didn't think of that. I didn't think about taking the risk. I didn't think about the swimming. I, I didn't think about the hiking or the climb or the swimming on the creek. I didn't even think about getting to know anyone else except for my four that I was in. It was me. I missed out, guys. And the only thing that kept me from doing some of that stuff, I enjoyed what I did. But did I limit myself because of my age? I probably did. Did I limit myself because of finances? Did I limit myself because of something else? I probably did. And so I didn't get everything that I could have got out of that bus journey. I'm going to ask you, are you a, an observer? Just watching life? Just watching church? Turning up occasionally? Worshipping? Going home? Be coming back the next week or the next week after that and then doing the same? Or is church, a church, is this your family? Family, I always want to see my grandchildren and my children. Always. Because I love them, I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm asking you, are you walking in the fullness of those spiritual blessings that God has given you? Because perhaps it's time to rethink your journey and say, I don't want to miss out anymore. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to put myself back because I don't think I can make it. Because there's people around you who will help you make it. Amen? Would you stand to your feet, please? I'm just going to ask you, are you an observer on this bus, on Church One Bus? Or have you truly surrendered to the fact that you're part of this family and that, you know, you, don't, you want to be a participant you want to be part, partial of this. You know, if that's you and you just want to be for God, say, yes, Lord, that's me. I want to make a, a step forward to say that's me. Would you come out the front just before God? It, it's the altar, even though it's a basketball court, it's church here. And the altar is a, is a very precious place for God because he meets with his children. And it's a precious place for us as family as well. If you want to come out to God and say, Lord, I'm stuck in this rut and I just want to move forward in you and I want to move forward together. I need the support of others, but I will do that. Hallelujah. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.